0: Welcome to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. I'm senior reporter Max Miller, and this week's episode comes from a panel at the Broadcast Sport Content Summit, which took place at Dockstown Studios on the 23rd of March. In it, I speak to Voice of Sports' Sophie Hines, IMG's Steve Tebb, Crowd Network's Tom Fordyce, and the BBC's Richard Maddock for How to Make a Great Sport Podcast. Introduce ourselves first, I guess Steve. Yeah, I'm Steve tebb I head
1: up the audio division at IMG.
2: I'm Sophie Hind, I'm the managing director of VoiceWorks Sport um, and also the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: I'm Tom Fordyce. I am the creative director at Crowd Network. Uh, I present various podcasts, including the or co-present various podcasts, including the Joe Miner Show, the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club, and I used to work just across the way as the BBC's Chief Sports Writer.
4: And I'm Richard Maddock, I'm the Lead Commissioner for BBC Radio 5 Live and also one of the Commissioning Editors for BBC Sounds.
0: Okay, cool. So we've got obviously quite a broad range of throughout the podcast world. Um, And starting at the beginning, how do you, I guess, come up with your first ideas or refine ideas, try and find the market for them and so on? um, And try to, I guess, a list of the first things you think about when you come up with a podcast I guess Um, I don't know who wants to
1: weigh in I think time is key and we often don't have a lot of time and depends on your clients as well we work with various clients federations or radio stations and we try and develop um, the ideas slowly Um, we've got a really creative team within our department so we do a lot of brainstorming and the key thing for us is to make sure you know your market know what your client wants um, and don't rush that either, because you can easily make some bad decisions very quickly. So, if you take your time of development, which isn't always easy, then that <laughs> tends to be quite a good platform to start, and, and usually leads to the most success and gives you chance to develop your ideas properly. I would say.
2: And um, if I, I'll go. Next. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We'll go along the <laughs> line. Along, yeah. Um, yeah, we work mainly with sports organisations, so clubs governing bodies uh, in terms of the production side of what we do so normally we'll start with you know a a proper brief and often it's kind of we want to do a podcast but it's really trying for us to try and understand how that fits in with their communication objectives and their marketing objectives and really pushing to try and do something that isn't served by their other content strands elsewhere so it's not giving The audience what they already want and often with a podcast um, you're trying to attract a different audience so it's working out who that audience is where they are you know and what's going to excite them or alternatively it can start with the presenter so if you've got the right talent talent, next to me um, then you know it's understanding their passion points and how you can communicate that to the audience
3: yeah I think we probably do it in two different ways there's the, the taking the potential podcast host and then trying to build an idea around them, and then they are starting with the idea. If you start with the potential host, there's certain things that we found works really well, certain sweet spots. So, and a lot of these learnings came from when we did the Peter Crouch podcast in my BBC days, but there are threads probably between how Crouchy is and how Joe Marler is and how Garrett Thomas is. Um, and that is that the person, if it's gonna be a sports person, has to be likable. So there's no good having someone who absolutely everyone hates for obvious reasons. Um, It helps if they still view the sport, even though they're super successful at what they've done, if they still view the sport the way that we do as fans, because ultimately they're going to be a conduit between the listener and that elite world. And then there's probably some stuff around where they are in their career. So um, Steve is absolutely right, you need people to commit, because podcasts can be very easy to do but they're very hard to sustain, they're very hard to sustain successfully. So you need someone who's going to be committed to the podcast, not just thinking, yeah, I'll give this a crack, I might try four or five episodes. You want them to really buy into it, you want the podcast to be a massive part of what they do. So sometimes it's a sports person either coming towards the end of their career when they can see in the distance and see a point where they're no longer an active sports person, they want something to do, or maybe they've just retired. You don't want it too long after they've retired because some of their stories will lose relevance so that's the the sort of personality way of doing it and the format of the um the idea way of doing it sometimes an idea just hits you and you think that is a great idea and then you retrofit it but you fundamentally go through the same process you might make your list of four or five potential sports people who you could choose from then you'd go through almost marking them off how many marks would we give this person for likability? how many points would we give this person for commitment so two different ways really for us
4: and i guess from my side i'm probably more on the other side of the fence compared to these guys because I'm commissioning the ideas that are coming in either for BBC Sounds or for Five Live. Um, and we m- I must get five or six a day uh, pitches in for sports podcasts. And so th- what, what I always look for is a little bit, as, as Tom was saying, where's the starting point? So is it the sport? Is it the athlete? Or is it the story? Because there are three very different sorts of sports podcasts um and then it's i guess it's which bucket does it fall into a sports podcast so for me with bbc sounds and anything to do with sport and podcast comes through through our team um i look at it as three buckets so the sports obsessed so those are podcasts that give the weekly or daily update on a particular sport so we've got things like football daily or rugby union weekly um, we have sports entertainment which is obviously does what it says so much of the day would fall into their tail enders and then we have sports plus and sports plus are, are ideas that are rooted in sport but go off in very different directions. So that could be a podcast that we did a couple of years ago with KP, Kevin Peterson. It was called Beast of Man. Um, it wasn't about cricket, but it was about conservation and his plight to save the rhino from extinction in the Kruger National Park where he lives with his family for half of the year. Or sports strangers crimes. So first of all, it's, you know, what angle are you coming from? Is it about the sport? Is it about the person? Or is it about you've got a story? Where is it fitting? Because there's obviously so many different sport podcasts. And then the gap in the market. You know, the first thing we do when we get a brief in, you put into Google, mental health in sports, you'll probably get 400 podcasts. So why is yours different or why is it better than all the others that are out there? So it's about really doing the research and really knowing and drilling down because it's not just a sports podcast. You've got to be far more focused in terms of what you're trying to actually achieve from this. Is it something that's in that kind of... Are you just going for pure entertainment? Are you actually going for the hardcore fan is it a kind of laugh and learn at the same time? So I think you, there's a lot of work that you need to do before you pitch it because there's so much stuff out there already.
0: Yeah, and so it's about finding that niche, I guess, because it's such a crowded market, unless you're the BBC or something. Having a podcast about the Premier League results probably isn't going to do particularly well against all the competition. So how do you decide something is niche enough to have, be unique, but also there's an audience
3: for it, I guess? Shall I go on this one? Um, I don't know if there's a science to it, I don't know what, y- what you guys think, but s- sometimes, even because you... Richard's absolutely right, you have to do all your research and find out why this will work, because it's a big commitment. Um, but strangely, if, if there's a, po- a space in the podcast market that's really well populated, it's generally a sign that that's where you want to go. If you think you've found a space that no one else has got, you need to ask yourself, why haven't other people gone into that space? Um, but I think sometimes the ideas can be quite instinctive. You just get an idea and it works. Um, and you tend to know, don't you, I think with, with ideas when you've been doing it for a while, sometimes someone will come up with an idea and you'll just go, oh my God, that's amazing. Mm. And it'll just work. Mm. And sometimes you can you can try and finesse an idea and think it's the right idea and keep going deeper and deeper. And it will almost be like this is a little itch and a scratch just telling you that something isn't quite right with it or something qu- isn't quite right with the the balance, of the presenters or, or the format. Mm. So there's definitely still room for instinct, I think, with pods.
4: I think an idea can come out of an idea as well. So I'll give you two examples. So when um, we were ta- started talking to Eddie Hearn about doing a podcast and we were pitched it as a boxing podcast, and of course it's going to be a boxing podcast, it's Eddie Hearn. But that wasn't the interesting thing to us. The interesting thing to us was Eddie Hearn. You know, what is life like being Eddie Hearn? It must be mad, right? And his black book must be incredible. So we were pitched a boxing podcast with Eddie Hearn, and we pushed it back and went, yeah, boxing can be part of it, but the real interesting thing is what's life like being one of the biggest sports promoters on the planet and what goes into making a fight? And so we came up with this podcast called No Passion, No Point. And that's a mantra in Matchroom, that if they're not 100% behind a particular project, be it an event or a boxer or whatever, then they don't do it. And so this podcast turned into um, Eddie talking to the likes of Noel Gallagher and saying, you know, you were in Oasis, you did, ne- you sold out Nebworth. What are you doing with high-flying birds? D- d- venues that do a 1,000 people, you don't need to do that. Why, why do you need to do it? And he went over to Washington to speak to Wayne Rooney, saying, you know, you can play at any Premier League club you want. What are you doing over here? And so it, deve- it kind of developed from the original idea. And then the second thing i tell you it as well is we, um, we have a podcast called The Footballer's Football Podcast, and it's essentially Callum Wilson from Newcastle, Mikhail Antonio from West Ham two Premier League number nines, and we put them together to do a pod. And when it started, I mean, it was fascinating because you got this insight of two current Premier League number nines at two really interesting clubs, Newcastle and West Ham at the moment. But um, what we quickly realised was that actually what two footballers talk about together isn't necessarily what the listener wants to hear. And, And Tom and the guys did this brilliantly with Crouch. So we threw a third person in because to those two... Talking about pre-season and what actually happened in pre-season training wasn't particularly interesting because it's their life to us. It's fascinating. We wanted to know that, but they weren't asking each other. Or when one of them's injured, we want to know, well, what does that mean? What are you doing? What do you do when you're at home? But they wouldn't ask each other that because that's their everyday life. So we put Ricky in, and all of a sudden it completely changed the dynamic, and that's what Tom and the guys did so well with Crouch. So... An idea can come out of an idea. So you pitched a boxing podcast with Eddie Hearn, but it actually turns into more of a business podcast and a motivational podcast. You know, And you pitched a podcast with two Premier League footballers talking about football, but it becomes something else because you throw that third person in. Mm-hmm.
0: And I guess when it comes to more working with rights holders and kind of larger organisations, how do you, I guess, make clear to them this is what a good podcast needs to be about rather than something more stale? I think um,
1: we work with a lot of federations and like you guys I'm sure they've looked at all the other assets whether it be video or uh, digital and they say often we want to do a podcast and I think you need to educate them and and on the complexities of a podcast because it's different we all know it's completely different and managing their expectations educate them you're not going to get a 150,000 listens from 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 day 1 so I think that's really really crucial but also Get them to open their doors. And and the previous panel um, was almost a a mirror of this from a televisual perspective. Um, The behind the scenes stuff is so key. And we work with a lot of federations um, where we're so lucky in some ways, you know, we might be caught side or be inside the ropes or in the paddock. And that behind the scenes storytelling is so, so crucial. And there's so many podcasts that, you know, we know it's saturated. But if we can offer something that gives a USP, then And that's crucial in in such a competitive environment. And um, that's what we find that we try and do with the federations, to try and give us the access. Don't be scared. You know, the previous guy said exactly that. People used to be fearful, worried about the front page stories and um, not opening their doors. And now they are very much more welcoming. And and Sophie, you must have the same experiences with your federation work, I'm sure. We
2: we do, and we we often have to push quite hard. I think um, what's stopped a lot of clubs and governing bodies from doing podcasts in the past is the thought that they need to kind of do results-focused stuff and they don't want to do that because if they've had a bad week it's very difficult to sort of toe the party line and so we we spend quite a lot of time I think working with them and brainstorming to understand that you don't need to do that the the fan casts, as we would call them probably take care of that market or the BBC you know with, with things like Football Daily it's what stories do you have what people do you have in the club a lot of the documentary-style stories can be really powerful, or who do you have access to in terms of hosts because the talent is so important. You know, Not every sports person or ex sportsperson person is going to make a great podcast. They've got to have that same quality that a radio presenter would have, that kind of in- authenticity and engagement, and it's, it's getting the charisma between the team. But I think getting them to really think about everything they have within their business is, is key, and that's usually where we get the really great nuggets that then form the ideas. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, once you've, I guess, got that great idea, you're sure there's an audience out there, how do you make sure it reaches them? How do you market it? And kind of, there's so many podcasts out there, how do you make yourself stand out? I guess, would be the.
2: Do you want me to uh, go? You can go first. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> this was a challenge for us working in sports so we actually launched our own sport podcast network two years ago uh, because i think discoverability is one of the biggest challenges with podcasting um so yeah we run sports social podcast network we've got over 250 sport focused pods there and part of our desire for that was to help existing sport podcasts grow their audience but also better monetization than they can get elsewhere. so the biggest way that people discover podcasts is word of mouth. Probably the second best thing to do is promote your podcast in other podcasts. Hence, the sport podcast network. So we do a lot of cross promotion. I know Crowd are very good at doing feed drops with their, um, you know, their new titles. So that's you know that's just one way to do it. But I think you've got to understand your audience, which goes back to your original creative process. And if you if you understand who your your fan or your listener is, you then have to work out where they are and and target those communities and things like social media are obviously really important but with something like Twitter you know you can establish an audience on Twitter but you tend then to just be talking to the same people and I think a key way of of building your audience is that kind of two-way conversation moving into live events Um, but also something that we're talking a lot about at the moment is TikTok Because a lot of the the rights holders that we work with want to reach a younger audience, so creating shorts um, and discoverability via TikTok is quite a a strong way into podcasts now. Mm -hmm.
0: Is that the same, Richard? I guess with BBC Sounds and kind of
2: yeah, we um,
4: we talk a lot now about an album launch, and if we're launching a new. One of it, a priority podcast title, would treat it as the music industry would, would treat an album launch. So, one of the example, a recent example, is um, a podcast we've just done with the main Defoe and Outside the Box. And we had a launch event and we had it at Tottenham and we staged it as a press conference as if you would just signed for the club and blah, 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 blah. And, and so, as opposed to just relying on the usual routes of, you know, we'll do the cross promotion with it, you, you need to do much more than that now because there's so much stuff out there and you can have the best podcast in the world if you're not putting it in front of the audience. Don't expect the audience to come and find it because when they're trying to find your podcast, they'll come across 20 before they get to yours. In same subject, same sport. <laughs> so, so you've got to try and get it out there. So you've got to be really smart about it. So the way we think about it now is, it, you know, you've, you've got your separate m- social media plan, you've got your comms plan, you've got your promotional plan. How are you going to launch it like somebody would launch a new album? And all that sort of stuff goes into it. And then when it's launched, it's the surround sound. You know, and it's how do you turn? You don't want listeners; you want fans. So, how you could you turn listeners into fans? And that's making it visual. You know, it's doing events, it's doing merch. You know, it's just being really noisy around the surround sound. All of that now goes into it. You can't just get a podcast and put it out there a sports podcast and think it's going to land because it's it's too busy.
3: That that thing about an engaged community is huge mm. because if you get it right, then your listeners are your best marketers. Yeah. Because they're going out there and they're selling your podcast. And as Sophie says, word of mouth is so important. They're the ones going to the pub and telling four of their mates they've got hear this podcast. Or they're the ones sending a clip round that you've clipped up, whether it's TikTok or, or Twitter or Insta. They're the ones sharing those clips. So if, if, they f- if your listeners feel like it's their podcast as much as your podcast, <coughs> and that's not easy, but you can, there's different techniques you can use to do that, that buy-in is, is absolutely massive. It's and that two-way
2: so communication is really mm. important. That's what? All great podcasts have, isn't it? The two-way communication with the audience, mm. whether it's people, s- you know, messaging you or if it's at the live event, Ooh. that's what really gets people engaged.
4: Yeah, and I think what the guys did, again, with, with crowds, probably I mean, you may disagree with your, your podcast, but I think one of the most effective things that the guys did was the ambassadors. yeah which was exactly what Tom said, which was just getting the listeners to go and spread the word. And Tail Enders is, a, is another, one of mine with Greg James and Jimmy Anderson Felix and Felix and Matt. And they're very similar in it. If you can get the, your audience to do the work for you, wow, it's a dream. You're away. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: In the very early days of me starting, I went with Danny Baker and he used to say, the audience, the audience make the show. They got the joke, they, they spread the word themselves. And all he said he said i'm the you know i'm the i'm the guy navigating all these amazing stories and they they the real community where they bought into it understood the joke um but they provided all the content and if you can create that community w- when we work on the um the checkered flag podcast there's such a sense of everybody belonging and feeling part of the team and and you know you know the jokes but it's not too in that someone can come and join so if you are doing live shows etc you want those fans that will come who are fans of the show anyway but you want their friends to come and that's how you can help spread the word as well i think
0: mm-hmm. and you mentioned live shows i guess it kind of moves on to my next question you've got the audience everything's there how do you then move on i guess to monetization and i mean you can put adverts on it you can do a live show what what do you think basically i guess i guess tom maybe first you done
3: yeah so the, tr- the two traditional routes in the commercial sector are sponsorship and advertising we use both at Crowd. So the Thomas Cycling Club has three headline sponsors uh, and that ticks that one over very nicely. Joe Marla Show is more around advertising. Some of them are presenter-read advertising. But because there are so many podcasts out there and because there's an economic slowdown, you need to look at every single area you can look at. You need to look at merch. You need to look at live events. You need to look at books. You need to look at all the different auxiliary things. And once once you start thinking about your podcast not just as an audio offering, but a brand. And it simplifies it, because you think, what does this brand mean to people? How will people want to engage with this brand? What do they want from the the brand? So with the Joe Marner show, for example, we have got we did a live event at the Clapham Grand last September, which was good fun, but as much as anything else, that was almost like a test event to us. And it was like, what do people enjoy here? What worked? What didn't work? So when we do a nationwide tour in April and May, all those (laughs) lessons that we learned from doing that first event can be rolled out. and that's where the engaged audience comes back as well, because you start thinking, well, OK, are people just going to come once to a live event? Are they going to be super fans who want to come to every single one? Are there going to be people, like Steve says, where a mate said, you'll love this, come along, then you want them to be telling other friends about it. So basically you can't rest, you can't just sit there thinking, do you know what, we've got a sponsor, that'll be fine, we've got some adverts, that'll be fine. You need to think of your podcast as the starting point, and you need to think of all the other things that can come off it. and and sustain it financially
4: i think an international strategy as well i mean the podcast the last days of maradona was one podcast but was done in six different languages with six different hosts Mm -hmm. to get it out into an international audience just from one podcast you know that it's thinking like that you know once you've got your market and you think you've cracked it where do you go you know where do you go next with it
0: Mm -hmm.
4: and
1: you can't stand still either i mean the, the the listeners are bright they will soon pick up on if people drop the ball and and just get complacent and because it's such a crowded space there'll be someone else wanting to get your listeners and you've got to make sure you maintain your your professional standards the quality needs to be tip top because the days of you know really badly recorded podcasts are you know they're, they're, they don't exist anymore so you've got to maintain that really really high standard it's an obvious thing to say but you really do need to focus on that
4: and, br- and brand extensions of your brand as well you know which so we have a, a podcast called Five Live Boxing that goes into that sports-obsessed part, but they've done spin-offs that look at boxing but from a very different angle. So, I mean, This is where the ringer in America do stuff really cleverly. They have a network without it you know, being a sports network where you've got a sports podcast, but they're bringing in food podcasts and fashion podcasts and life, all under that, that sport thing. So actually, if you've got a really successful, powerful brand, what else, where else can it go that will not only bring you the listeners, but you know, the commercial side as well.
2: Mm -hmm. From a commercial perspective, um, subscription or premium content is where the big money is. So, yeah, advertising will bring you a certain amount of revenue or sponsorship very much relative to your audience. But in the same way that people will pay for, you know, Amazon, Netflix and everything else, the amount of money you can generate from quite a low number of subscribers is is really strong. And another thing that, um, we're, we're looking at as a business, you know, events are huge and there are more and more and more live podcast events and very successful ones. Uh, but an opportunity that we're hoping to, you know, work with our partners on is um, is extending that live <coughs> opportunity. So we're launching an app this quarter that will have a live streaming function. So if you're doing Joe at the Clapham Clap Grand but you've got fans in other countries that can't come or you've sold out, but they want tickets, you can live stream audio. This is audio, not video. But you live stream the audio. You can choose to either charge to sell tickets or you can give them out for free to your very engaged fan base. But it's extending the event to a global basis.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and allowing listeners from everywhere to get involved, I guess. Um, And I'm aware we've got a lot of audience questions we have to get to. Um, So... A few people have asked about the importance of video. So should your podcast be available in both audio and video or I guess a bit of both, I don't know.
1: Well, I think we've... um, In the early days, we were always a bit nervous. We thought, is this going to dilute the audience? And then I think we've all learnt that actually they complement a lot. Um, We work on quite a few podcasts where uh, there'll be visual elements, whether it be long form or short form. Now, the short form obviously works really well with social to, to promote but actually with you know the emergence of YouTube pages and YouTube channels, the long form works really well as well. So I think they, they, they complement each other. For years and years, we were always fighting saying we're audio, audio, um, but actually we we embrace vision as much as possible and use it as a tool. And also it helps enhance brand awareness as well because there's ability to, to brand things up from a visual perspective as well as the audio side. So when you are talking to brands, then you can offer two dimensions.
2: I think you don't have to. Um, I think... The purists in the room will probably all go, no, it, it's all about audio and it's immersive and the way that you listen to podcasts. However, we do a lot of both. And uh, to, to a lot of clients, visual is very important. And I think for younger audiences, YouTube and TikTok, and that's even when, if they're not really watching it, <laughs> but they've got YouTube playing, um, is quite important.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point. So I think for a long time, there was this idea that people would watch podcasts on YouTube and then there was a sort of Damascene moment when everyone went, no, people have just got YouTube open and they're just using it as a listening device. So the the, the joy we've had when we're visualising podcasts has been as much about the marketing side of it, as Steve says, uh, it's about clipping up for social media. Um, and then there can be an issue with bringing people from social media platforms to the podcast. Sometimes people might just consume your clip, but then there is potential to monetize for example, your TikTok stream. So rather than thinking we're going to bring people to the podcast and then we're going to use sponsorship and advertising there, you can, you can literally monetize your, just your YouTube um, channel or your TikTok channel. So um, you can break it down in ways that you wouldn't have thought possible before. But I think also the point you make there, Steve, about profile is really important. Yeah. So we've been visualizing the Joe Marla show for about eight or nine months now. We've got a really nice studio set up in Kennington. And as much as anything else, it just impresses guests. If you've got a big-name guest, and they come in and they see that setup. It it really helps, and it helps bring in other guests. So you have to work out if the additional cost of visualizing your podcast is is worth all those other benefits. And for some podcasts, it's not. as Sophie says. So the Garrett Thomas one, we don't. We record it on a on a um, an app called Riverside, so you can clip up stuff. But fundamentally, it's an audio offering, um, and I don't think that would need to be it'd be very complicated. You want to visualise that just because Garrett's travelling around the world racing and, and training, but I think for that podcast you probably don't need to. Yeah.
4: I think there's um, there's two sides to it because I think the biggest mistake I, I think the biggest mistake you can make in podcasting is to overproduce, you know, and and think you need this really swanky studio to do it, and when you're visualising it, you need a uh, ten cameras to do it, and that's biggest mistake that you can make in podcasting because it's such a personal intimate listen so actually some of the best visualization bits are literally on a phone when someone's in a car they're the ones that will go and do two million you know as opposed to the the studio set so some are suited to the studio setup but actually just having a phone and doing something could be could give you some killer clips and i think it used to be that it was a bonus if you had the visual clips to go with with stuff i now think it's expected by the audience and if you don't it's quite unusual. So I don't think you have to do it, but I think you, you're in a di- disadvantage if you don't. But don't think it needs to be an all-encompassing full, full TV studio to do it. It doesn't. And we haven't got
0: very long left, I can see. Um, but kind of, I think a good question to end on is, what are your favourite sport podcasts at the moment, I guess? If we can go along, maybe Steve first.
1: Uh, I, I'm, I, it, I wouldn't say one specific, but I love documentaries. I love, the documentaries. <laughs> I love um, the historical ones we've done a few in the past um, but I, I love you know the SEVI TV um, documentary those think maybe it's a show in my age but I, I think the documentary style ones are the ones that resonate the most with me at the moment
0: mm-hmm.
2: I find it really hard to choose one um, I listen to a few I like the socially distance sports bar if you count that as a sport podcast um, I love the stuff that, that the crowd do mm-hmm. but genuinely because I guess I'm a Harlequins fan so listening to Joe Marler asking people weird questions is always
3: fun <coughs> I find it really hard to choose to be honest Max I mean I think when you work in podcasts when someone else comes up with a great idea you get a two emotions there's that sort of there's a pang of jealousy because it's such a good idea but you can also really really enjoy it and I think if someone does something original but al- also some of the longer running podcasts like Richard's talked about Tail Enders", Tail Enders is the perfect cricket podcast because you've got the absolute right balance you've got the elite athlete you've got the Obsessive fan, um, and then you've got Greg to steer it all, yeah. and there's chemistry between all of them. And if you're inside the Tailenders tent, you, you're all in on that same shared experience. Um, so I th- I th- yeah, I think it's the it's a combination of the new ones where you where you go, I oh, wish we'd done that, but I love it. Or the other, the older ones like enders And the the other thing that I think is a challenge for, for long running podcasts like Tailenders is how do you maintain that quality? How do you maintain that engagement? How does that that idea not drop off? So podcasts like Tailenders that can maintain it and develop it and always find new ways to progress, I think, are, are very admirable.
4: Mm-hmm. And for me, it's those where you th- y- you, l- you laugh and learn at the same time. You know, so something like, again, is it a sports podcast? Question about Atletico Mints You know, it's just one yeah. of those that you y- you learn from Atletico <laughs> Mints? Well, yeah. <laughs> this is it. But I think things like just things that cleverly blur genres. And so you're listening to a sports podcast without necessarily thinking you're listening to a sports podcast um, are the ones that I think are quite smart and quite clever and that are the ones that can kind of go on forever.
0: Thanks for listening to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. You can find more of our content at broadcastnow.co.uk broadcast-sport. Meanwhile, make sure to subscribe and we'll see you for the next one.